ಯೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾಣ ವಿದಾತಿ ಪೂರ್ವ ಯೋ ವೈ ವೇದಾಂಶ್ಚಿಣೋತಿ ತಸ್ಮೈ ತಂ ದೇವ ಆತ್ಮಬುದ್ಧಿ ಪ್ರಕಾಶಂ ಮುಮುಕ್ಷೋರ್ವೈ ಶರಣಮಹಂ ಪ್ರಪದ್ಯೆ ಹೀ ಹೂ ಅಟ್ ದ ಬಿಗಿನಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಷನ್ ಪ್ರೊಜೆಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸಲ್ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹೂ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ದ ವೇದಾಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟು ಹಿಮ್ ಸೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಲಿಬರೇಷನ್ ಐ ಗೋ ಫಾರ್ ರೆಫ್ಯೂಜ್ and to that effulgent one whose light turns the understanding towards the atman <coughs> basaveshwara is a vaishnava saint i mean shaivite saint of karnataka in 15th or 15th century he was a philosopher mystic and a reformer wonderful sayings of him are recorded i just quote one from that this two sentence i will chant in kannada ullavaru shivalayava maduvaru nanena madalayya badavanu means those who have wealth build temple for you what can a poor person like me do my legs are the pillars my body is the shrine and my head is the golden pinnacle hear me o lord there is always the destruction for the material temple but not so for the living temple the temple within because the living I mean the material temple outside is subject to all sorts of forces a tsunami an earthquake and even vandalisms in the hands of barbarians is possible but whereas when once we understand the temple within then we attain immortality and that serves the purpose of the temple even if the body falls doesn't matter it has served its purpose so this is about the temple within and there's a beautiful story about a shaivite saint of tamil tamil nadu there is the 63 uh, mystics of tamil nadu and one among him one among them he was a poor man and cherished a great desire to build a temple for his chosen deity being shiva since he couldn't one day shiva in a vision told him you don't worry about it you can build a temple within and i will come and reside there so he took it his vision seriously and he immediately set upon laying the plan everything in detail the garden the tank and the sacred bull everything he planned and brick by brick he started building this internal temple such was his faith it was no fantasy it he believed that he was building a temple within and when it took a long time for him quite a few years to accomplish this task and when everything was ready then he fixed a date for the consecration ceremony what we say in sanskrit kumbhabhishekam <coughs> it so happened that the king of the particular kingdom where he was living 
also had started a construction of the temple more or less same at the same time and he also had finished almost the tem temple and he also fixed a date for the consecration ceremony and both days collided so shiva went into in the dream of the king and said you better postpone your date of consecration because on that particular date i am going to visit to the temple of my devotee who has built a temple for me i am going there and the king was surprised so the next day he sent his men gone to find out where this temple was and who has built it and with great difficulty his men searched and found this devotee and brought him to the king and the king was very happy to see him and with great humility he asked the this devotee <clears throat> to be the main priest of the temple which he built with the, with stone and brick whatever it is i mean the physical material temple so this is the beautiful story of the mystic and it conveys two important points one is that the essence of devotion worship essence of worship is love it does not matter what you offer how much you offer whatever it is god as the sanskrit word says bhavagrahi janardana god understands the feeling he understand how with what devotion the devotee has given rather than the pomp and show of the worship and the other thing is the divinity of the human soul all the schools of vedanta accept that the human personality has three parts the body the mind and the spirit the individual spirit whatever it can be and the individual spirit is a part of the supreme spirit every one of us carry the light the effulgent light of the atman within us swami vivekananda says you may invent an image through which to worship god but a better image already exists the living man you may build a temple in which to worship god and that may be good but a better one a much higher one already exists that is the human body even the upanishads say deho devalayah prokta sa jeeva kevala shiva the body is the temple and the individual self is shiva the absolute in vedanta god is regarded as paramatman or purushottama one who resides in the soul of all souls as antaryamin the knowledge of this relationship between the individual soul and the supreme soul is of paramount importance and the upanishads go to say, to that extent of saying that one who worships without this knowledge is an ignorant person and will be considered as a cattle by the gods eternal intrinsic unalienable divinity of the human soul is the fundamental and the unique concept of vedanta 
the doctrine of Vedanta. The temple built out of brick and mortar resembled the human personality. The outer wall, the main shrine and the sanctum represent the body, the mind and the heart. Just as the sanctum is the most important part of the temple, so is the human heart the most important in the human personality. We heard last week Mataji's guided meditation where she said, the human heart is a seat of God. And that's what we are trying to explore. By heart, three things are meant. The physical body, the biological heart, of course. We, everyone of us know about it. Then there is the emotional heart. Not the one where baser passions are felt. Rather, it's the seat of higher feeling and sentiments, which the mystics call Vishnu Granthi. It's the emotional heart. And then the spiritual heart, the center where we meditate on the Ishta, the chosen deity. In the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, you can see him recommending the devotees the heart as a splendid place for meditation. But we do not know what the real spiritual heart is. When we meditate, we only succeed in meditating at the emotional heart. I have been telling in this quite a few talks about meditation. Meditation is consciously directing a single stream of thought at a high towards a higher center, say the heart. For this, the mind has to put tied down to a particular center. That is called dharana. And for this, the particular center has to be real for us. You just cannot fix the mind on some imaginary center. That is why when we sit for meditation, either the mind wanders or it goes to sleep. And that's the most hardest, the toughest part in our sadhana. And one of the grandest events too. It's very hard to discover the spiritual heart. Why so? The Upanishads say, Tam durdarsham ghudamanu pravishtam guhahitam gauhareshtam puranam. The Atman is difficult to see because it is lodged inaccessibly deep in the cave of the heart, which is itself situated in the midst of misery. Ignorance, passions, past impressions, so many things dumped. Age after age, life after life, not just this few lives, from the time immemorial. Not only, if you can imagine, not just this creation, creation after creation. Sri Krishna says, Sarva Bhutani Kaunteya Prakritim Yantika Yanti Mamikam. All the creatures, the whole creation is absorbed into my Prakriti. And then in the next creation, in the beginning of the, I throw them. And they are helpless 
absolutely helpless. They have no say. And all those impressions are stored up. Like Sri Ramakrishna says, the beautiful story, the granny in the family has stocked all the seeds, pumpkin seed, goat seed, this seed, that seed. And when she needs it, she brings. So Sri Ramakrishna says, my mother is Parama Prakriti. She has everything. And when the next creation comes, she brings forth. And we are helpless. And everything is dumped. Just imagine how much can it be? How much of things are dumped there in that heart? So it's not so easy. It's a big task. Removal of this. What efforts can be put towards this discovery of the heart? Let's study it. When we start meditating in the beginning, we feel some sort of hardness in the heart center. We all of us feel we can't retain it for a long time. But when we continue earnestly, in course of time, we might feel a space in the region of the heart. And in time, by the grace of God, it may be, it might become luminous. What happens is that when that center holds, when it becomes luminous, the center holds the meditative thought, not allowing to disperse, just like a magnet, how it holds the iron fillings, it holds. And But for this, at least a partial covering of the impurities have to be removed through prayer and self-control. Conservation and concentration of psychic energy brought to a certain tension, degree of tension, through intense aspiration. When that is done, it gradually awakens the spiritual heart. The prayer is very effective. Swami Vivekananda says, by prayer, one's subtle powers are easily roused. And if consciously done, all desires may be fulfilled by it. Prayer becomes spiritual discipline when it is done, when it becomes an exercise of will and is consciously done with great energy and joy for a long time. It takes time. Intense aspiration quickens the emotional heart, which guides the meditative thought unerringly to the spiritual heart. The other method is through cultivating Sakshi awareness, witness. And the best way to do is either, if you can, eliminate, eliminate all thoughts or just ignore all thoughts except the I and follow the trial of the I to its source. I always imagine like this. It's like putting the car into reverse gear and backing it into the garage. Of course, it's not so easy as it is, but you can get an idea. And when we practice diligently, it does help. Spiritual heart is actually the higher intuitive faculty called buddhi, not the intellect, not here, the heart. According to yoga and Vedanta psychology, human mind has two layers. 
the higher one called the buddhi and the lower one, uh, one called manas the main function of manas is to classify the informations which it receives through the senses and to detect the pleasures and pains which comes to it and the buddhi is its function is to determine and to analyze i mean to think and take actions judgment and evaluate the information what it has got through the mind so the manas analyzes the buddhi synthesizes that's the great function of buddhi in the taittiriya upanishad speaks of the panchakoshas the physical sheath annamaya kosha the psychic sheath pranamaya kosha and then mental sheath and there is vijnanamaya kosha generally intellectual intellect is sheath of intellect they say and the anandamaya kosha the heart falls into this fourth one the fourth the other three koshas is everyday life we go into but the fourth kosha is the vijnanamaya kosha here is our focus the buddhi is like a lamp in the darkness which helps us to perceive everything the buddhi being transparent it has sattvika the elements the the five elements the sattvika aspect of the elements constitute the buddhi so being sattvika it's very transparent and very close to the atman that's why the buddhi is called nidishta brahman so because it is transparent it just reflects the radiance of the atman shankara says even the wise people identify themselves with vijnanamaya kosha and next from the buddhi the radiance is passed on to manas and then to the sense organs and then to the body thus the atman animates everything from buddhi to the aggregate body when we meditate we just can imagine like this think of the heart as the sanctum where the soul of all souls reside and the individual self as a light burning continuously in the shrine of our heart and the ego which sri ramakrishna calls the rascal ego which thinks too much of itself let it bow down surrender itself at the altar of the great lord this is the way the bhaktas think of themselves there is one beautiful meditation guiding guided meditation by mataji ajayana it's so beautiful she says she she takes like she asks us to dive deep and swim on glide on it's a beautiful you know you, you get a beautiful feeling when you hear that and then at last she says you have reached the chamber there everything is bright the lord is seated waiting for you
The Lord is seated waiting for you. Such a beautiful feeling you get it when you hear that. I hope we get that thing. Anyway, so this is what. And Shankara has beautifully uh, expressed this in the Manasa Puja of Shiva. There he says, O Lord, thou art the self, the Divine Mother, the Buddhi, my body, the temple, and all the enjoyments of different objects which I enjoy are thy worship. My sleep is my meditation on thee, and my walking is a circumambulation, and whatever words I utter is thy hymn, O beneficent Lord. Whatsoever I do is all worshipped, offered to thee. When the spiritual heart is discovered through prayer and inner purification, and a living image is installed, then this type of meditation becomes very effective. If not, it will be like the parable Sri Ramakrishna says, the podo, the story of the podo, young man, there was a young man called Padmalochan and people used to call him podo podo. Had nothing to do, I think so. One day, they heard a conch ringing in the evening at the twilight time. So people thought somebody must have installed, there was an old dilapidated temple in the village and outskirts of the village. So that somebody must have enshrined an idol and the evening vesper service is going on. So young and old, everybody started running towards the temple and where nothing from outside the temple looks as dirty as it was and somehow ventured through and then opened the door and they found this Bodo standing at one corner of the shrine and blowing conscious. Then he said, oh fool, you haven't established the shrine God in this. The temple is not cleansed. You are only blowing the conch and you are creating all confusion. So it will be like that. So in sp our spiritual practices should enable us to discover this spiritual center. It's very important. And there's a way to do it. This is how the scriptures teach us. We have seen that the light of the Atman is reflected successively through buddhi, manas, senses, and the body. It is through the light of the Atman that we see the external world. We may think, why? The sun is there. The light is there. How can you say that? No. The scripture says, when that shines, everything else shines. So it's through the light of the Atman that even the sun shines. So this, with this light, every activity, all our external activities are carried on. But if we want to perceive the Atman or God within, <coughs> excuse me, then we have to turn this light inwardly by reversing the process. First, the senses are to be turned inward. Second, 
the mind has to be turned inward by focusing it at the heart this is what we try to do during meditation when this is properly done for a long time with zest and joy we will feel in course of time the spiritual heart when that happens the heart holds the mind steady and the image meditated upon becomes clear all the other thoughts are hushed then we experience joy and delight in our spiritual practices we get a taste for it always shri ramakrishna used to say ask god pray to god to give taste for the divine name to taste for meditation when the mind starts getting a taste for it then no worry it goes by itself now it is not it's getting the taste from other from the senses so it is outward going but once when it gets a bit of taste within it will automatically go that's the nature of the mind to seek joy so it will automatically go but at the beginning it is literally a warfare and so when we continue diligently further it's not the end in all further when we continue and turn the buddhi only we came towards the buddhi when the buddhi is turned inward and focused to its source its true source which is the atma then the shrine opens revealing the effulgent atman or the deity meditated upon during holy mother's birthday time on holy mother's birthday morning we sing a song in bengali it's a beautiful song in that it says tumari aloke tava sandhane choli jano mago pulakita prane with the help of your light may i go with great joy in seeking you inwardly the light has to come from her from the divine shri, shri krishna says dadami buddhi yogam tam yena ma upayanti te tesham eva anukampartham aham agnyanajam tamah nashayami atma bhavasto gnana deepena bhasvata i give them the buddhi yoga see buddhi yoga the heart how i dispel the darkness and ignorance by lighting the lamp of knowledge the heart is the place it the deity we are meditating on becomes effulgent swami brahmananda says yeah the the deity meditating of your meditating becomes effulgent luminous and shri ramakrishna in his beautiful way says with a single ray of god the whole world is illumined with knowledge we see each other and everything we understand through the light of god a single ray of light of his has illumined this world with the light of knowledge one can see god only if he turns his light towards his own face and he gives the example of the police sergeant 
going round in his rounds the dark in the dark night with the lantern in his hand you know the bull eyes lantern which is dark in three sides and he says one no one sees his face but with the help of that light the surgeon sees everyone's face and others too can see one another if you want to see the surgeon you must pray to him sir please turn the light of your light on your own face let me see you in the same way we must pray to god o lord be gracious and turn the light of knowledge on thyself that i may see thy face that was the invocation prayer which i said seeking liberation i go for refuge and to that effulgent one whose light turns the understanding towards the atman thank you